Okay, well, welcome again to another Live Love Local podcast with me, your host, Darren Langill. Uh, today, as always, I'm incredibly excited, and I've been hounding this guest for a little bit to get on because she's got a very, very busy schedule. It just shows to the strength of her business and her dedication to her craft. But today's guest uh, is Nicole Dyer. Uh, you may remember her potentially as a past recipient of, the, of one of Avenue Magazine's Top 40 Under 40 just back in 2020. But if not, also her role with a local kind of tech startup which we'll dive into called Vitality at Home. Uh, Vitality at Home connects older adults and their families via an app with caregivers who can provide personalized services which ultimately allow them to live independently for longer. With all we've been through and still fighting through due to the pandemic in our society as a whole, we all know the elder demographics have had it much worse. Uh, this is a big reason uh, when I stumbled across Nicole, I wanted to connect with her because what she does, her company does, was important before, but I can only imagine now the interest in her service has brought due to this high-risk demographic that she always catered to. So today I'm excited to dig into this with her and tap into her experience as a local business owner having to adjust as a strong woman leading such an important company in our area and so much more, which she doesn't know the question. So uh, I'm sure she's maybe having a moment of anxiety. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> what, and I always do, what did I miss in this introduction? I'm sure there's something critical I've left out, but uh, dig into anything that I might have missed completely. Well, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as like as, a, as an organization, what our key focus is. Um, I think one of the key elements that people often don't know about us as an organization is that as much as we are a tech company, first and foremost, we are a home care company. And so we employ all of the caregivers. We've developed the technology that gives that heightened transparency but in addition to that, all of the individuals that are deployed going out and helping our senior clients are employed by us. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because again, my industry as well has, has over the years has really seen a lot of uh, changes due to the tech ramp up in our industry, um, but it still comes down to this very personal, emotional, relational business like in a trading homes like you and caring for some of our most needy. So I love that you mentioned. So tell me first, how have you been? How have you been through all of this? As a mother, I think two children, is that right? That's correct. And you're dealing with all of life's challenges and all this. So how, how are you doing? How are you handling this? Uh, I'd say that, that it's been a challenge. My youngest was born on March the 9th. Um, and our two-year-old at the time was sent home from daycare on March the 16th. And owning an organization that caters towards our most vulnerable sector of the population, um, having all of our staff members removed from all care communities um, and needing to be redeployed to other people who are bringing their parents home um, was the closest I've ever come to crashing. <laughs> um, so that right when the pandemic first hit, I think I, I was hit by far the hardest, both emotionally, physically, with all the different moving pieces. Um, but I kind of took that as a jumping off point and realized that if I could make it through like that, like few weeks of just like everything around us being complete bananas, um, then, then everything was going to be good from there. And I've kind of taken it from stride from that point onwards. 
So your youngest was just born pre like state of emergency. Is that what you're saying? Part of me. March 9th, March 9th of 2020. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. So, wow. So you were, yeah, as a mother, again, brand new to your second and then, wow. Right during this, I can't imagine another business probably more. I mean, of course the healthcare practitioners, but you, you connect with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So connected to everything that just went haywire yes. and, uh, and having to, I've asked a lot of guests pivoting and changing and how they've done it. And a lot of businesses, as much as they've made some smart choices, they didn't really have to adjust a whole bunch of things. But in your case, I mean, walk me through that. Like, tell me, I mean, tell me a little bit about that instant change and how, how you guys kind of figured that out or, or, or maybe what is still evolving about it. It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, I think our approach to where, like our our approach to our clients almost changed instantly. Um, So as soon as things started ramping up from a virus perspective, um, I literally would watch every single morning's news broadcast. So both like locally as well as federally to find out, you know, what was the moving pieces, what sort of programs were being announced, you know, both from our team, so from an HR perspective, and what sort of leaves that was going to require for our teams. So with with the schools closing, the number of our employees that got sent home or, you know, said that we have to take a leave because our children are now home, um, to the number of our employees that got removed from care communities that had been working full-time hours there, um, to now realizing as well that we'd have team members that would go and see three or four clients potentially in the course of a day. And because our clients get to choose those caregivers that are being deployed and have a say in who's going, we had to go back to the drawing board and look at that because no longer could we have team members going from place to place to place in the course of a day um, because we were so unaware of what sort of spread that could have potentially posed. Um, So we went back to a lot of our clients and readjusted really what they were looking for. Um, A lot of our clients postponed their care services. The family elected to go and provide those services temporarily while we sorted things out. Um, And other individuals ramped up their care service exponentially. So we had people that removed their family members from long-term care um, and had our team there 24 hours a day. Um, So for those clients, we were able to kind of transition our employees that were working full-time elsewhere to full-time in those people's homes Um, on a rotating schedule and dedicating those employees directly to one specific client to avoid so any any sort of cross of of individuals going from place to place wow 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 i could that's literally like a complete change to the business model in a sense Mm. like if if you were mostly in other in 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 centers and now you're mostly in homes it's like for most people, just changing that idea would just cripple them. Uh, and you had to do it on the fly, but you also had no choice but to can find a way because you you were in a you were, you service a demographic that their heads can't be in the sand. They can't really right. wait, right? They yeah. need your stuff, or else it's like life or death. Is that fair to mm-hmm. say? Yeah, in in a lot of circumstances, that's that is the case. Unbelievable. I mean, from a from a business perspective, so something's ramped up, something went on pause. I mean, from, I don't understand your business enough to know, but are you, when people pay you, are they paying, are you earning per service or are they on these kind of retainer models? I mean, what changed from a business revenue perspective? Did it just get completely sidetracked? Yes. So 
we charge by the hour. So a minimum of two hour booking and we have a 24 hour cancellation policy. So we operate really differently than a lot of other home care companies that require you to sign, you know, month long agreements and specify the total number of hours. Our goal is to keep things as flexible as possible to allow families and seniors to ebb and flow their services. Um, so for us, we saw a significant revenue decrease out of the gates. Um, you know, individuals were fearful of people coming into their homes. We had so many team members that went off to care for their own families. Um, you know, the, the fear at the very beginning of all of this was so evident that, um, that we kind of took it in stride. Uh, so, you know, we didn't, the business wasn't crippled by any means because we were able to transition majority of our full-time team members into other full-time roles in individuals' homes. So there was some significant pivot, but the overall revenue was definitely a drop, especially at the beginning. When did things um, start to stabilize uh, where it started to feel like it was okay, we're in the groove again? I mean, because so state of emergency was March 12th. You know, I know for real estate, for us, we went down to a, a sales number that was like historically we hadn't seen since the city was probably a third the size. Mm -hmm. um, and then middle of May, things for us started to kind of get back to normal as opening was happening. So how long did it take from your guys' perspectives to start to feel like this is the new life in my business? I, I think it probably took us like two to three months um, to really start, you know, gaining some ground as far as us knowing and our, our comfort levels adjusting, understanding better, you know, what is our PPE policy for our staff? Um, is there any ability for our team members to go from one place to another in the event that, you know, all precautions are being taken? Um, so, so there was a lot of like of that moving pieces. Um, we stopped all marketing and all and uh, like curtailed, you know, even the acceptance of new clients at the very beginning. Um, so even though there was, and there definitely would have been heightened interest in, the, in our services, we didn't want to put ourselves out there into a position where we weren't able to accommodate what individuals wanted. So, so we took a bit of a different approach as well. Whereas I know a lot of companies ramped up their marketing in our industry. Um, we, we didn't feel that it was a safe thing for us to do until we truly understood what needed to take place in order to, to safely provide that assistance. That's, I mean, that's a great point. And I think it probably paid some dividends a little bit as well to, cause you stabilized, you created this new foundation. And then, I mean, was the back half of the year, did you start to see things climb back up? And did you start to kind of build upon that kind of almost slow play back into this need? I mean, yes. Yeah. Cool. And, and it's been interesting, like up until the times that the, that the schools reopened, um, there was definitely still a fair number of our team members that weren't able to work. Uh, so a lot of them, you know, staying at home and not, uh, not able to, to contribute to the same degree as they were before. Um, but as they started trickling back and gaining interest in rejoining, you know, the workforce, uh, then at that point in time, we definitely saw, yeah, that we were able to start ramping up our marketing, knowing that we had the right people in order to deploy to the right clients. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when I stumbled across your profile, it just hit me. Uh, I was like, wow, I imagine they're going through a ton, a ton of like, there's some, there's some incredible opportunity as a result, because I think things are going to change probably your industry forever in a certain way for some things. Uh, and then just the sheer need and the effects from the healthcare world that is, is instilled upon your business, which, which I don't have, I don't have that day-to-day -day experience. I just see it on the news, but you had to live it yeah. uh, day in, day out. 
How is the world of vaccines uh, affecting your world now? Because again, you're you're getting affected. The people that you service are the ones currently in the rollout, I would assume. And is that changing much today? Is it is it opening opportunities or like easing anything, or is it still, yeah, we have some, and everything else is about the same guys. I think at this point in time, there's so many questions on our end that surround the vaccine um, that at that we're not seeing it lightening any of our personal loads. If anything, I, I believe during this transitionary time for the next six to nine months until you know there is enough vaccine for, for anybody who's choosing to take it, um, we are in almost more of a challenging situation in the sense that if, if we have somebody who has received the vaccine, so we have individuals who have worked for us that have worked for other healthcare providers, and so they're on the listing. And so in some cases, they've received both of their vaccines. So they're of the mindset, unfortunately, that that because they've been vaccinated, they're now safe. Now, from my brief understanding, I'm not a medical professional, but my business partner is, it still means that they could still potentially spread the virus. So unless everybody within, you know, that that vicinity have all received the vaccination, we're still in this ebb and flow. And so people who have had it feel as though they're safe, but that doesn't mean that who they're visiting unless they've been fully vaccinated have that same safety mechanism in place. So, yeah. I kind of thought that, I mean, it felt like that was gonna add a layer of complexity, at least probably for a full year before we're back around where you might need to get it again. And I was thinking, geez, that's that seems, complicated to manage and uh, I guess we're hearing it firsthand so I mean I knew vaccines are a bit of a tricky topic to discuss and they I mean you've got it's so polarizing so I don't want to dive into it but I appreciate you just sharing the the complexity just from a macro that you're starting to experience and that's not going to go away anytime soon. Well, no, and removing the medical side of it and purely from like a human resource side of it, it's going to be fascinating to see what transpires over the next six months. Um, following like the legal updates that are taking place, there isn't a company out there right now that isn't investigating like what can employers do to mandate or not mandate that their employees as a whole take a vaccination. So even outside of the healthcare sector, as this becomes something that individuals can take anywhere, if you're part of one of the meatpacking plants, and you know, three quarters of the staff volunteer to take it, the company can't necessarily track who's taking it and not taking it, right? So like all of these different, you know, privacy legislation and crazy things come into play. So yeah, we're, it will be a whole new area to be exploring in the months to come. Yeah, that's, it's a bit scary to think about the rabbit hole that's opened yeah. up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, uh, what, what's your background before um, opening this, you know, tech startup, but healthcare connection, like what got you into this? How did you get in? How did you get into this? And where did the idea come from? So I, I worked in senior housing while I was in university. My original uh, undergrad degree is in oil and gas economics, not something that necessarily lent itself to this. Um, but I had an amazing mentor that I worked under while I was there as a receptionist in one of the seniors communities. And when I graduated, she offered me an opportunity to work directly for her. Um, we have an ongoing joke as we still keep in touch, but she, she often said, I, I said, I wasn't sure if that was going to be the right career path for me. She said, try it for three months and let's see. And if you're not happy, then no harm lost, you can leave. Um, and so three months in, I said, you want to know what this is 
So this is, I'm passionate about everything that this stands for. So I was able to use a lot of my economics at that point in time on the company's expansion and demographic research and those things. Um, but then I took on an array of different roles and scopes within that organization um, and eventually pursued my human resource designations um, and, and courses and became their vice president of human resources for North America for a duration of time. Um, and then realized that that wasn't necessarily the best direction for me to be going. I think, you know, senior housing um, before the pandemic was making a significant shift, right? The interest in, in who you were catering to was once a, a younger, more vibrant demographic. And as time evolved, the communities transitioned to being far more assisted living, you know, more frontline nursing staff required and, and just yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily the right fit anymore. Um, and so having looked at what I was passionate about, I knew I was passionate about the seniors. I knew I was passionate about, you know, really the, the families as well as the staff team. And in home care, it's always lacked like great human resource backing. Um, so Brad Lohman, who's my business partner uh, and co-founder of Vitality sat down and came up with the concept and said, what are all the things that are missing in home care? And we went out and looked at different platforms to see whether or not we could come up with the vision that we had by using somebody else's technology and, and we couldn't. So we said, okay, well, let's start this and then let's create our own technology and, uh, and go from there. So yeah, two years in and almost 70 employees later, that's uh, where we're at. That's it. So you've gone from zero employees to 70 in the last two years. Correct. And you built a tech platform. Was that prior to the two years? So that you were, it was when you launched the, the platform to enable what you do was already was built. Is that fair? Uh, yes. So we came up with the concept in like October of 2018, um, and then launched actual services in February of 2019. Wow. Okay. So you were able to turn the tech side around pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, not as straightforward is what it is now but uh, and we're continuously evolving it but how that was one of my questions is uh you know the, the the dawn of tech and tech's helping things but it's also very scary for a lot of small business to think that's a world i know nothing about i'm sure it can help me but i'm just going to pass it over you guys went right to it who who had the kind of like the noodles to say, I'm going to go in and create a software platform. Did either one of you have experience with that? No, um, no, no, we had no experience with it at all. I had done some implementations of, you know, HRIS systems for other organizations, um, but by no means I know the interworkings of it. So we, we didn't develop it, obviously, like myself on my computer. We teamed up with Vogue, who's actually a local company here in Calgary. Um, so Vogue app developers was our, uh, was who's done all of our work. Even to date, they're doing a big upgrade for us right now. Um, and they've been great. So we, we shopped it overseas. We shopped it to like numerous different app development companies to say, here's kind of what our, what we're looking for. Um, what it came down to, we liked them. We liked the personable approach. We liked that we could go and knock on their door, um, when we have questions or concerns and just say like, Hey, we're here. This is what needs to be updated or fixed. Um, and, and yeah, so we, we elected to go local and have it all built here in Calgary. Love that. So for, for entrepreneurs out there, would you just say, if you've been thinking that there's not a solution and this world seems just really scary, like you guys did it, you turned something around in fairly short order 
And uh, it's like, I mean, would, you, would your advice be to say, yeah, challenge yourself to just open that, open that door a little bit because you might be very surprised with what you can pull off? I, yeah, I totally think so. I think that it took, it took way more focus, energy and attention than what I thought it would. When you come up with a concept and you say, okay, this is what I want. And so it's working in your mind, but when you're relaying that to somebody else and there's developers involved and they're like, okay, this is what we have. And I'm like, oh, oh no, back to the drawing board. This needs to connect to that. And this is why and you have to walk people through like the actual step-by-step -step of why something would need to take place the way that we visually believe that it should. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a very interesting undertaking and continues to be as we even go through updates right now. Um, but I agree, it is, if, if you have that concept and idea and you can find the right partner that can implement it, um, then for sure dive in. Love it. Yeah, I love that you dove in. And even to me, we've real estate's really had a big tech revolution. And it's, it's, it's even seems daunting. And I kind of think of myself as somewhat techie. Uh, and I, I continue to just push that down the field instead of explore it more. So I mean, seeing what you did, I was just, I, I, I wanted to ask you that. How, um, I mean, top 40 under 40, that's a fun honor, right? I think you're the first one I've had on the show that's top 40 under 40, even though we haven't been doing this for a long time. I mean, tell me about that experience. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's a huge honor. It's, um, it was truthfully like super surreal. I, I actually had nominated somebody else. I, and I still to this day have no idea who nominated me. So, so it's, it's very comedic that that's how it unfolded. And when the, when I got a call from Avenue and they said, you know, we want to talk to you about your nomination. I was so excited as I thought that they were calling me about the person that I had nominated. And I was like, happy to talk about her. And they're like, no, we're calling about you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So um, yeah, so it, it was great. It's, it's really unfortunate that it transpired during the pandemic because I was unable to get to know so many of the other, um, you know, the class of 2020. And I'm hopeful that maybe we get invited next year um, and all of us can meet because there's so many interesting people that I think was really part of the excitement for me was to see and meet all the other individuals that, that were part of that same group. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, one of my one of my thoughts was that it would would have been tempered in that interaction, and I and I would feel like every class there probably does build a few connections, and they become almost like lifelong Calgary entrepreneur partners, or at least some awareness to these companies. Um, I mean, I think I think that community is pretty strong, so I hope that you guys do find that connection. Um, uh, but that's, uh, did it do much from a business perspective? I mean, did it, did it support that? Or again, was that a little tempered because of uh, COVID and everything? Well, I, I think it's interesting. We've had some, we've had some individuals that have elected to work, like join our team. So they sought employment with us, um, because of what they read in the top 40 article. Um, the fact that, you know, the focus that we have on, you know, the seniors, the fact that the technology is built around not only just the client, but also the employee. Um, so, so that's been interesting and definitely has allowed us, you know, some ex additional reach to individuals to employ that we may not have, that may not have originally been interested. Um, I also think that when people look up our organization, it's one of the articles that currently is populated. So I think it gives us some, you know, additional credibility uh, that maybe otherwise in other organizations locally may not have just, you know, to be featured in, in a magazine like Avenue, I think they wouldn't feature a company that doesn't have, you know, a strong background. So 
So I think that that's been helpful. I don't think it necessarily grew our true, you know, piece of the pie, but I do think it's, you know, it, it's a great honor. And I think it, it is something that is, will help us as we continue to grow. For sure. It's that proof of success a little bit, right? I mean, it's like, it's, I kind of say it's like even it's take, it's getting that third party professional photo of you versus the selfie. There's a different, I mean, there, there, someone's put you up and someone's looked at you through a different lens and it's a great honor for the company. So congrats on that. Um, I also noticed on your website that I thought was unique and I almost didn't expect it. And from a company standpoint, you guys sell these through an app and you sell this connection to these service providers in a whole bunch of different ways that you talked about already that it's changed. But you also offer a blog series and you're posting these like value-based pieces of content to your audience. And I just, I kind of stopped and I'm like, not all organizations are they catering, but all catering to with the service, but then also going out of their way to come up with these really nicely curated educational resources. I mean, what made you decide to put all the energy into that? Because it looks like there's a lot of thought put into it. Well, I think as much as we as an organization are there to provide on-site services to, to families and to seniors specifically, the education element for individuals to, to know and understand not only about our services, but other services and, you know, overall educational seniors and aging and risks and challenges. It's very, it's a challenging system to navigate. Um, like if you think of yourself and you thought, okay, you know, my grandmother, my mother needs, you know, some assistance, or I wonder if she needs assistance. And you started looking and Googling that as like local resources. There's a, there's some great resources that are out there, but they all kind of provide different tidbits of information. Um, so our goal with the blogs was really to start crafting more of a messaging that people could continuously read those on a weekly basis. Um, and just, you know, learn new interesting things about aging, about risks, you know, ways to have conversations with their parents or for parents to have conversations with their kids about, you know, what it is that they want as they continuously age. Yeah, and I, I love it. It's, I mean, oftentimes you create content, you're putting it out as an entrepreneur, as, as like, I mean, as an independent contractor, as anything, and it goes into this black hole of the internet and it's gone. And you're thinking, oh man, did that work? Was that worth my time? It's like people that shoot videos on YouTube. But uh, I mean, you've done this consistently. It looks like the, the, it's, as, it's as rhythmic as you see anybody put out content. And uh, from a business owner, you have, have you seen the benefits of just that consistency, the SEO maybe, and just that local connection that other entrepreneurs that maybe struggle with that consistent content creation Mm -hmm. um, you know, versus just outbound marketing, right? It's a different, it's a, it's an organic, um, you know, reach. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think, I, I do think it is positively impacting from an SEO perspective, which, you know, we won't complain about by any means. Um, and I do think we hear positive feedback from both our current clients, as well as individuals who have gone to shop different, you know, home care companies. Um, as the adult children are typically the ones that are making majority of the research and front-end decision-making, um, they're going to different people's websites and, and looking. And so the fact that, you know, we do have several of them that comment on, you know, I read the article about, or, you know, I visit your website consistently because, you know, I can look at, you know, whatever the weekly update is. And, you know, I know my mom didn't need services right away, but I continuously followed those. And now, 
you know, three months down the line, we're contacting you because of, you know, this rang a bell, right? So, so I do think it is having them there and almost as like a, like a library of information for people to access ongoing is, is beneficial. Yeah, it's that curating that of that audience, whether you're you're uh, starting a new t-shirt company and or you're selling that product to moms or you're on a, you know, you create a group, it's just building that audience. And I love that. Now, business owner, business business owner, mother, spouse, all of that stuff, juggling all of this together is difficult. Any tips that you could share with how you're managing that? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, take it day by day. Uh create as best of a network as you possibly can. And during COVID, that makes it that much harder, right? So I, I have I have amazing family. I have great support. Um, but obviously at this point, I can't rely on all of them to, to come and help. Um, so it's, it is a big juggle. Um, sometimes it's the, you know, five o'clock in the morning up in scheduling and people will question why there's emails at such odd hours of the day. Um, yeah, and, and it is, uh, by no means do I do it myself. Right. So we've, we've recruited somebody to come in and help in the morning. So morning time is like full focus on work. Um, I have my one little guy in daycare, the 10 month old is at home with somebody helping in the morning who's getting house stuff done. Um, and then the afternoons are a huge roll of the dice. So, you know, 10 month old, make sure he naps so that I can jump on some of the calls in the afternoon. Um, crazy supportive husband that can help in the evenings with the kids if I'm jumping on phone calls or adjusting schedules. Um, and then also having an amazing business partner who understands that, you know, regardless of all my juggling pieces, that there's still, you know, a great synergy and value proposition for us working together. Yeah. Love it. I mean, you, you, I mean, superwoman, right, to be able to pull this off. And uh, what would you, I asked everybody two questions, Every, everything else changes, but one is, if you were to think of your business, um, your business, or maybe even just you as, as, a, as a leader in the business, if you could peg down, something's been working to get this to go from zero to, to this in two and a half years and you're crushing it. If you could think of your superpower, the thing that kind of has allowed this to, to really run a, a really great trajectory, can you think of something more than other that has been the thing that got you going and continues to show why you're so successful? Because everybody's got a different one. I don't think it would be what anybody would expect. I think it is legitimately because we care. Um, in an industry that that is all about providing services to seniors, the tech aside, all of the elements aside, at the end of the day, like our purpose that we created was to create exceptional experiences. And like when we do all of our onboarding and recruiting and we talk to our staff, like I still get emotional when I'm recruiting and I tell them like the importance of that because we wouldn't be in this industry if we didn't care. And the fact that we continuously showcase that to our clients and to their families um, is spreading the word. And, and we get far more clients from a referral perspective because once they meet with us and meet with our team, and we continuously push the fact of how much we care. We only employ individuals that are in it for the right reasons. Um, yeah, that, that I believe is what the foundation is of why we have been so successful. I love that. So it sounds like it's like, it's, it's almost that consistent thread that filters through all your major decisions. And it's yes. just kept you down this really focused path 
so that both clients and your employees and everybody around you can feel that. And guess what? That tra- freight train is moving in the same direction. Everybody's on it together rather than mm-hmm. kind of scattered. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, like, like you said, every decision that we make is kind of anchored by that premise. Um, so the technology, when we look at, you know, okay, why are we making this enhancement? Is it going to make things better for the team or is it going to make things better for the client? Is it going to enhance that experience and showcase, you know, that we, that we care? Um, if it does, then we're willing to make that, that shift. If it doesn't, and it's only for, you know, profit or whatever it might be, then we're choosing to not go that direction. So from our perspective, if we're always leading by that purpose and by the base of how much we truly care about what we're doing, then, then I believe that we'll continue to grow and be successful. Love it. Now on the flip side of that, what do you think's held you back? What's like the kryptonite in the organization? What's the thing that continues to say, you know what, if I could just shake that off, we'd be even better. Any thoughts? Time. Yeah. <laughs> right now it is time. Um, I believe that we would be in three major centers at this point in time if if I was able to allocate additional time to to kind of growing the business. Um, you know, we're putting things in step with a 10-month-old, obviously it's a balancing act, right? And so, you know, as, as a as a mom that wants to be there with their with their kids as they're growing up as much as possible, it is it is that teeter totter of, you know, how much time gets allocated to, to the business versus how much time needs to be allocated to the family. And if there, if there was ample time in the course of the day, I think that we would be servicing, yeah, a larger percentage of the population, but um, all with good time. <laughs> yeah. You found your niche. You, you know, the, you see the value that it's creating, you know, it's working and it's just, yeah, it's a good time time will tell before you can get uh, get farther with that reach. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a good one. What, uh, I mean, how, as a business person, I mean, have you leaned on local mentors? Have you, have you leaned on organizations that you're part of to just, again, have a support group? Uh, I mean, anything that you can share, or is there any, some like business leaders in the city that you've kind of always looked up to and thought uh, they're doing it well. And they're almost like that invisible guiding light for you and anybody that comes to mind or how you've managed through this crazy entrepreneur's journey. So it's interesting. Brad and I work so closely together as co-founders. Um, you know, we, we tapped on the, like the startup business, the startup Calgary here in, um, startup Calgary here in Calgary. Um, when we relatively early on, they named us as one of the top 10 tech startups in, I think 2019. Um, and so, so they were a good resource as far as like meeting individuals, uh, BDC has a great female founders, funders and fortifiers group. Um, and they're always interesting as far as explaining what, you know, new programs might be out there. Um, great to meet with other female professionals from that side of things. Um, but, but truthfully at the get go, we put our heads down. Um, and just literally between the two of us just focused on what we wanted to focus on without allowing too many external influences in. Um, and I think, you know, we, we have great, you know, personal friends and individuals that are in the, you know, the business world here that we were able to use as sounding boards, um, when we'd have, you know, what do you think about going this direction or not going that direction? But, but for the most part, because it has been so fast. Um, we really relied heavily on each other to and and our spouses um, to kind of just 
okay, here's our vision. We're going to forge forward. And because of the fast pace of it, we didn't have a lot of time to, to go to the external sources, at least not yet. Um, I think as we continue to grow and expand, that's part of both of our hopes is to be able to onboard some individuals that take some of the day-to-day -day responsibilities from us so that we can look more at the bigger picture and, you know, how are we going to expand and we, you know, what other local companies have done that and done that well. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it is, I mean, it sounds so you've tapped into it. I mean, all of us, I think, think that we could go a little further, expand that audience, do a little bit better, but oftentimes it's your vision. You just have to stay focused and, and get her done because execution mm -hmm. matters. Um, any fun, uh, any, uh, I got one because I know our entire time's almost up. You've seen some crazy lows, I'm assuming, because of being in the healthcare world during this, but any moments of like just sheer inspiration that you can think of or just these like these moments where you're just it all made sense and and like a triumphant story anything come to mind that you're willing to share or able to share from from being on the inside world of of, of, of your of your job i think that we we get those triumphant moments all the time so through all of this ugliness of the pandemic the feedback that we get from our clients almost daily of the impact that we're having, you know, on their, on themselves so that they're able to continuously work and not be afraid, you know, for their parents um, or from the seniors themselves being like, I'm so glad that I have you guys coming now because otherwise I know I wouldn't be able to stay at home. Um, so from a broad perspective, we get that ongoing positive feedback all the time. When we think of like some of the like little wins that we've had, like when, when seniors community started reopening and allowing two visitors per senior, um, we have, I think it's right now seven or eight families that have elected to have one of their adult children be the one individual and one of our care team members being the other. So the fact that they see the value in our team being there more than even their own families or that individual's friends, um, because they see that value contribution from companionship or help, you know, with extra exercises or whatever it might be that our team's going in to do. Like that to us is such a huge win and showcases, you know, such a huge value that we're bringing to those people. Amazing. Yeah, that must feel incredible among the chaos, like you said, the whirlwind that comes uh, from running, especially your business and the changes. So quickly, what's next for you guys? What's next for Vitality at Home? Uh, what are you? What are you looking forward to? Um, and as as we roll into two thousand twenty one. Uh, yes, we have lots of great things that are on the go. We're doing a huge um, tech update right now. So uh, we've just started forging forward, making some significant changes on the back end that will allow us to do some some big growth moves in twenty twenty one. We definitely have goals of hitting some of the Alberta markets. Uh, definitely by the close of this year, if not even by the summer. Uh, so that's so that's really exciting. And then we we definitely foresee potentially this year or early into next year branching into some of the other prairie provinces. Amazing. That's exciting and scary. Uh, all of the above, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and how do people stay in touch? What's the best way to stay in touch following and learning about your company? Where do you I mean, where do you point people to? Uh, I'd love to just share that here as we wrap too. For sure. So we have an Instagram page that, uh, that, you know, provides ongoing updates of different things that are taking place. Um, I think that that's probably 
depending on the demographic, that's a, gr a great place to kind of follow along. Um, we do do our Facebook page, not as consistently, I would say. Uh, and then being able to just go to our website and continuously visit those blogs, I think is, uh, is another great avenue for people to see what we're doing. Amazing. Well, I know where time is up. I appreciate you sharing. I loved hearing about the journey. Honestly, I could talk about this for a long time, but your time is very valuable. So um, for everybody um, listening, uh, this was a phenomenal uh, episode with Nicole from Vitality at Home. You know how to find her, search them up. I almost guarantee anybody with their family as we're going through this could benefit from at least following their blog and of course, exploring their services. Um, so um, Nicole, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Awesome. Well, that's been another Live Love Local podcast. Me, your host, Darren Langill. And thanks again for your attention and your time. And I look forward to connecting again soon.